we are going to get started today with a free gift because who doesn't like free, helpful things? Have you ever felt like you were not enough? Maybe as a wife, as a mom, as a friend, as an employee, you're not alone. That feeling of not being enough stems from an emotion that we don't like to talk about, and that's shame. And you know us at Reclaim Story, if there's a topic that affects our lives that prevents us from living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, we have to tackle it. So here we go. We've created a free ebook called Shame Off You with 10 steps to help you shatter shame in your life. You can find the link in the show notes. If you're on our email list, we sent it out last week to you, or you can email us at connect at reclaimstory.com and we'll make sure you get that right away. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about hope. How do you define hope? It can be easy to define hope solely in light of what we want to happen or what we expect to happen. But when it doesn't happen the way we had hoped, we can lose hope. But biblical hope is hope that is dependent upon the faithfulness of God. It is an absolute trust in God's promises being fulfilled. So Valerie and I are going to talk about God's faithfulness today, and we hope that you are blessed by this episode. Welcome to Living the Reclaim Life podcast. I'm Denisha. We're glad you're here for conversations that revive hope, inspire healing, and encourage you to live a vibrant life with Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat with today's guest. Valerie, today we get to talk about one of my absolute favorite verses. Awesome. When I saw your notes for this episode, I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a blast, you guys. We are going to talk about hope. And my life verse is Romans 4, 20 and 21. So when Valerie sent me the notes for this episode, I was like, this is going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. This one really gets me excited. So we're going to talk hope today and not the hope that's based on us and what we want, but the hope that's based on God's promises. When I think about Denisha, I think about how often have you heard people say like, I love pizza. And I love my dog and I love you. And I think about that with hope, right? There's so many times where during a course of a day, I'll be like, oh, I hope, I hope we get out of the door on time. I hope this will happen. I hope that will happen. And we often can define hope by our expectations. And I do that a lot. But I want to read another verse for us to get us started. And it's Romans 15, 13. And I know other people who have this as their life verse, Denisha, and I love it as well. And it says, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Denisha, I was just thinking how last month we talked about being unstoppable, about being praise and prayer warriors in the battles of our life. And I feel like talking about hope this month just goes hand in hand with that, because like we talked about last month, you guys is that we cannot produce joy on our own, right? Joy and peace, just what it says in this verse, comes from God. And that's the same with hope. And we want to inspire and encourage you this podcast and throughout this whole month that hope is not something that we have to produce on our own. Hope comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that? I love that. That's so reassuring. So I want to leave you guys or start off with this quote to just marinate on as we talk today about hope. And that is that hope 
is not founded on the fulfillment of our expectations, but that hope is founded on the fulfillment of God's promises. And we're going to do a little Bible study again. We like to do that the first of each month. And I get to talk about one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, and that is about Abraham. And I love teaching about Abraham and Sarah. And if you don't know the story, you can find it in Genesis chapter 12, which is the very first book of the Bible. Abraham is such a great example to study about the journey of hope. And I'm just going to give a recap. Like I said, you can read the whole story, but Denisha, even in his old age, I love telling my kids about this. It's like, yes, I had you at this age. And they're like, yeah, mom, that's old. I'm like, but in the Bible, Abraham was nearly 100 years old when he had his first child. But even in his old age and with a barren wife, a wife that could not get pregnant. And I know that may touch on some hearts listening to this, but even in the Old Testament, like a wife who could not get pregnant, could not have a child, that was really hard in that society. You talk about feeling not enough, like she probably felt, I'm not enough. I'm not enough for Abraham. But God told Abraham, he said, I am going to make you the father of many nations, that your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the grain of sand. Can you imagine? God told Abraham to leave the comfort of his home and to go to a land that he didn't even know where he was going, to leave everything behind. Can you imagine that? God saying, okay, I'm going to fulfill this promise, but I need you to trust me. And we're going to talk about how trust and hope go hand in hand. But I want to read from Romans 4, 18 through 21, which this is what touches on Denisha's life first. So listen carefully. And if you are able to look it up on an app or in your Bible, please do. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And here's Denisha's life first. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Denisha, share why that is your life verse. I love this verse, you guys. So there was a time, and it was probably, gosh, 12 years ago now, and we went through a super rough time as a family. And I remember sitting on my living room floor And I had the Bible in front of me and I was reading through Romans and I don't even know that I was looking for hope. If I was honest, I was more doing it out of obedience. Like I should read my Bible. I'm not in a good spot. And I just remember reading through and this verse jumped off the page at me and it's Romans 4, 20 and 21. And it was talking about Abraham, right? And as Valerie just read, he did not waver through unbelief. In that moment, sitting on my living room floor, I was wavering through unbelief. I was pretty sure that what I was facing was bigger than God. And that wasn't true, but it's how it felt. And when I read this and I started connecting Old Testament to New Testament, I thought Abraham did too waver in unbelief. (laughs) But wait a second, he ended up sleeping with his maidservant to try to create the child that God had promised in his timing mm. and not waiting for God. 
And I thought, what a beautiful New Testament lens on Abraham's story. And I needed that because I was sitting and I was not only wavering, I was going for a swim. I had a floaty. I was like having a snack in unbelief in this very moment. And so when I read that saying Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, it helped me to feel a little bit more normal mm. to go, okay, I am wavering through some unbelief, but it's, it's okay because hope is coming, yep. is some redemption. And then the next line that said he was strengthened in his faith, gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And so I began declaring that over my life with my name in it for years. This day, I can quote that scripture off the top of my head. It's probably the longest one that I know all in like verbatim. But I would say, and Denisha did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, although I was. Mm -hmm. And then I would declare, I am strengthened in my faith. I give glory to God and I am fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he's promised. And it really encouraged my faith. So that is absolutely my life verse. And I love when I was studying about this, a commentary I found says, by hoping against hope. Because when you read that first part, it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And you're like, okay, what does that really mean? So I love what this commentator says. He says, by hoping against hope, Abraham is setting the hope that comes from God's promises above any hope he could have in the world or in the natural order of things. And that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier about what we want to happen or what we expect to happen. Or even sometimes we can put our hope in things that are false and misplaced. And we'll talk about that later. But he goes on to say, it's interesting that even at 100 years old, this was not easy for him, right? He was human. He wavered. He went above God's timing. By conceiving a son through his servant, Hagar, I like what this says, his hopes became inverted, but God renewed his promises and Abraham renewed his hope. And doesn't that speak to our faithful God is that even when we unwaver, even when we sin, he is still the promise keeper. He is still faithful and his faithfulness, Denisha, helped Abraham renew his hope. So it goes on, and Abraham renewed his hope in them until the day came when Sarah finally gave birth to Isaac. As we see from Abraham's example, it is only by setting hope against hope that we can expect the fulfillment of our deepest desires and we can persevere through life's greatest challenges. Hope in anything else will only frustrate and disappoint us, if not outright destroy us. That is what at stake when we hope against hope. I love that. I love that. And I summarize it by saying this, against all of what was humanly possible, Abraham believed in what was God possible. And that is faith, Denisha. Isn't that faith? And faith goes hand in hand with hope because I like to say that faith actually fuels hope, Mm. right? And our measure of hope depends on our measure of faith and trust. Denisha, what when we think of this, when we think of hope and faith and how that goes hand in hand, why, why do you think we can lose hope? Like, how, how do we lose hope then? I think one is the weight of waiting. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, mm. but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I think sometimes waiting for a desire to be fulfilled, mm. waiting for a suffering to end, waiting for a financial situation yeah. to change. Yes waiting for someone special to come into our life, 
There's so many different ones. What else can you think of? I think of even, I'm going to share in a little bit, my story is waiting for a diagnosis. Maybe there's a chronic health issue you've been dealing with. You're waiting for healing, waiting for a relationship to be restored, waiting for a wayward child, that prodigal child to come home, waiting for, and you can fill in the blank. And you know, that weight of waiting, right? That weight, the feeling, that burden that sometimes that long suffering we go through, right? Abraham and Sarah did like, how long, Lord? You made this promise years ago. When is it going to be fulfilled? And I would like to share a little bit of an experience in my life when I started to lose hope. And it was during my third pregnancy, about eight weeks, 10 weeks in, I started, I guess what you could call convulsing. It, it, was diagnosed later as a tick, if you're familiar with ticks, but it almost looked like a seizure. It was pretty scary. I was just shaking all the time. I didn't know what was going on. Fast forward a few months. Of course, I was carrying this child inside of me. So there was a lot of fear going around. Is something happening to the child? Is this pregnancy going to going to last? And eventually, doctors said, okay, we think this is stress-induced, right? <laughs> Which there's a lot of stress that your body undertakes when you're pregnant, but this is stress-induced. We think as soon as you have the baby, everything's going to be fine. God was good and we had a healthy baby girl, but the ticks continued. And in fact, they got worse. Sleep deprivation and everything, but the ticks got worse and it was still very scary. Like I said, there was moments where my family was like, what is going on? And then a year later, Denisha, another health complicated what was already going on. And I even still have a few things that go on with that today. But I remember at one point, holding my baby girl and thinking, God, am I going to be suffering from this for the rest of my life? And I really felt like I was losing hope because I'm like, I don't know. And I know there's people out there and Lord bless you that are still dealing with chronic health issues and God continues to strengthen you. But I think that's what happened. And in fact, we named our baby girl, her middle name is Faith, (laughs) because we just felt like God was calling us to faith. And again, going back to that, how that faith fuels hope, the more that God strengthened my faith, that he was keeping me alive, keeping me going, and he did eventually bring a lot of healing to those health issues. But it was that faith that fueled my hope and revived that hope. What are you waiting for? You may be waiting for peace, for healing, for rescue, for restoration. And we have to tell you, this is the month of December. God's people were waiting a long time as well. Over 2,000 years ago, even longer than that, they, from the time early on before Abraham till past Abraham, they were waiting for a savior. And they were starting to lose hope, Denisha, right? Wars and oppression, they were starting to lose hope. Will this promised Messiah, this promised savior that God has been telling us about, will he ever come? And in fact, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, this is what the prophecy said. It said, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Denisha, I'd love to think about the greatest story, right? Jesus coming to this earth, the greatest story that would ever be told 
would revive hope in the hearts of everybody who believed. And I was like, I know you like definitions, Denisha, right? (laughs) Reclaim. I was looking up revive because I thought, what does revive really mean? And I love this definition. It says become active or flourishing again. There was hope, but that gives us hope, right? That when we lose hope, just like I'm sure God's people were starting to lose hope, will this Savior ever come? That hope never is dead. That hope can always be revived. But this is what is so interesting about God's promises, right? And this kind of touches on our human hope versus God's hope is the promised Messiah did not come as they expected, Denisha, right? They were expecting a warrior king, which I would have too. They were under the oppression of the Romans. They were suffering and they're like, okay, we are going to have the savior. It's come the valiant savior come on this white horse, like wielding his sword. And he's going to conquer the Romans and we're going to be saved. Even his disciples were ready to do battle. We see that. We see that later on when Jesus is being taken by the soldiers. One of his disciples like cuts off his ears. He's okay. Let's go, Jesus. Let's go. God had a different plan. And I know many of you know this, but I love just this time of year, right? We hear that phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. And we can often lose sight of what Christmas is all about. But this is what God did. God had a different plan plan to save his people. And it was not through just rage and (laughs) warrior battle, but it was through love and humility. And it was love packaged in this newborn baby born to a virgin on this starry night in a cave (laughs) with animals. Denise and I were talking about all the animals we have. (laughs) We could have our own manger. Scene, but just in this dirty, stinking stable would come the hope of the world. And he would be called Jesus, the savior of the world. He would be a prince with no palace, but his reign would know no end. And he would come to serve and not be served. And then he would humble himself to death, taking our place on the cross, bearing the sins of the world so that the hope of a restored relationship with God the Father could be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Denisha, how we've been talking about hope, we've been talking about the greatest story ever told that would revive hope. How, how is it that we have this truth, but how can hope be all around us, but we don't recognize it? I think that's so true. I think one of the things is what we choose to focus on. If we're Like today, even as you and I kicked off and we prayed, it was like our focus shifted Mm -hmm. to what God had planned, to what God was going to do. And for me, I know if I'm focusing on negative things, Mm -hmm. then I lose hope. Mm -hmm. I begin to, you know, what we focus on, we empower, right? So if we focus on the word of God, if we focus on the hope in him, it's almost like we can't be disappointed because Mm -hmm. he will always fill that. Maybe not always the way we want but he will always be there. He is a constant no matter what our life is doing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think we touched on this a little bit is that we could ask ourselves, what are we placing our hope in? What are we focusing? Is it a hope that will not last? I think so much in our culture, right? Like I said, we say it all the time. I hope this will happen. I hope and we can misplace our hope in even in people. God just revealed that to me even yesterday. I was we're open and honest here on this podcast, Reclaim Story, but I was expecting my husband 
to fulfill something that only God could fulfill. And again, that misplaced hope, it's, yeah, it's a bonus. It's a blessing, right? When humans fulfill our hopes, but it's like God's thinking, you're going to be disappointed if you always put your hope in people because people do disappoint you. They're not perfect. And so we have to think about that. Are we putting our hope in people and things that can never fulfill what only God can? And if I'm honest, one of the things that I think I put my hope in when it's misplaced is security. I want consistency, security systems, like, and not security systems, but I want <laughs> I have a system of security. Exactly. <laughs> I like systems. I like, I'm a planner. Predictability. I like predictability. That's a better yeah. word. I like to know what to expect. And like financially, we're not wealthy by any means, but I like yeah. security. I like knowing that, okay, we're going to be okay. Yeah. And when my faith gets tested, sometimes that's when it gets highlighted in my life that my hope has been misplaced in treasures of this world or in the sec- the fact of security itself, I can make that into an idol. Yeah. And then sometimes I've realized, okay, in this moment, I'm trusting on this thing or this person instead of trusting that God sees this and it's not a surprise to him. Yeah. When I think about that, I struggle with that with timing, right? <laughs> we say a prayer and we're like, okay, God, I prayed this prayer. I've done this and that. I'm being obedient. But boom, like where's the results? And we, that's when God's, okay, if you're placing your hope in me, like we just said, do you remember how long my people waited? There was a reason they waited. Like I knew just the right time to send my gift of my son into the world. And we have to, that's where that trust comes, that where faith and hope go hand in hand. We have to trust God's timing, that he will fulfill that hope, that he will fulfill that promise. And like you said, sometimes it's not in the way we expect, but it's in the way that God deems according to his purpose. And I want to touch on, I know we're going to touch on too a little bit later, but if you haven't had a chance to go on our website and read our stories of transformation, I got to tell you, Denisha, I I know hope is revived for me the more I hear other people's stories of hope being revived in their life. And we have many stories on our website and we are going to continue to have more. But when I read our stories of transformation, that revives hope for me. Why is listening to other people's stories revive hope in our own life? I wonder if it's because they've gone before us in some way. Maybe something they're wrestling with looks like something we're wrestling with. And those stories of transformation, they're not, sometimes we hear those stories of here's what God did. And it's always beautiful and perfect. And what I love about our ladies that have shared is that they tell this, and I can relate to the struggle. I may not be able to relate to, and they were healed and everything was great. And I might go, I'm not there. But when I hear the struggle and the wrestling and I see their process with the Lord, that gives me faith just to lean in and hope that I may not know the end, but God knows what he has planned. Exactly. Exactly. And I think about those stories, and even sometimes we have to do this for other people, is that we have to be a hope placeholder. Like we have to hold hope for people until they can hold it themselves. And I feel that in those stories. It's like reading that is that you can be like, okay, this person has hope. It's almost like it becomes this placeholder for us. It's okay, I can hold on. I can hold on because they held on. I want to read another verse. Romans 5, 5 says, and hope, speaking of shame, where we were talking about shame not too long ago, and hope does not put us to shame 
because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's what we're talking about is that when love came down, when Jesus came down and was born to us, the gift of hope to the world, hope was revived. And the greatest act of love would be demonstrated through the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus giving his life on the cross. And what I love is that he did not say dead, right? People probably thought hope was dead. They were like, what? What? Now he's dead? What's going on? And when he arose from that grave just three days later, I love this. Jesus became our living hope. Talks about that in First Peter. And that's what I want us to take away from today. And what you guys to be encouraged with is there is always hope. There was always hope because Jesus is alive and he is our living hope, meaning that when we call on him, when we call on his name, just whispering the name Jesus activates hope. Remember that definition of revive, of that activating hope? And that's what the name of Jesus does. The name of Jesus, 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 it activates hope and hope flourishes when we put our faith in Jesus. Friends, if you're listening, I want to tell you that hope can be revived for you too. Through Christ, there is nothing that you're facing that is too big for him. One of the things that we focus on is reviving hope one story at a time. And you might be in a place in your story where it doesn't feel like a lot of hope. Maybe you're feeling hopeless right now. You're not alone that other women have gone through hard things and are going through hard things as well, but that we can be a community of reclaimers that support each other and walk with each other, not just when things are going great, but when things are hard as well. So we hope today was an opportunity to revive some hope that no matter what, we can be strengthened in our faith, that we can give glory to God, and that we too can be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he says he could do. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for listening. I pray you found hope in today's conversation and maybe even feel a little less alone in your story. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed Story. Want to learn more about living a reclaimed life and how you can be a part of our growing community of reclaimers? check out our website at reclaimedstory.com. All of those links and more will be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this inspirational podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Not only will you be the first one to know when new content comes out, but it is also a huge help in helping us reach more people to live the reclaimed life.